0: Welcome to the Medman Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey everyone, Jay here with the Medman Podcast. We're fortunate enough to have Kara DeLacy as our guest today. Kara DeLacy is board certified by the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners as a family nurse practitioner currently practicing at her very own Riverstone Family Health. She's a longtime resident of Boise with over 15 years of nursing and patient care experience. Kara brings a passion for comprehensive health care and wellness to all of her patients. Kara, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you join us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And, you know, first provider to be on this show. So thanks for being the, the guinea pig here. Of course. In the first part of this two-part series, we just want to get our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So with that, tell us how you got into healthcare.
1: When I was 18 years old, I a friend of mine... Her mom worked at a physical rehab center here in town, and I got a job as a rehab tech where basically I was the ice girl that would go around and put ice packs and take people who had just had knee and hip replacements. I would work with them, and I really developed a love for working with patients and a fascination with medicine itself and found it so interesting you know, working with brain injury patients in the complex wound center. And it just developed a passion for healthcare and medicine. And so I changed majors and decided to go into nursing and then worked my way through. I started as a teletech at a local hospital and then became a CNA as I worked through nursing school.
0: What did you start out as, as your career path?
1: So I was actually environmental science. All right. Completely different. It was just my growing up in Boise, my love of the outdoors. And I grew up rafting and camping and just thought environmental science was my path. And then I realized I could work in healthcare and enjoy my outdoors on my free time.
0: Free time, that's funny.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but but environmental science, you know, it's certainly it's ecosystem based and you know, our bodies are, are much the same. You got you gotta take care of the whole thing. Yeah. Um,
1: well, and it was science. You know, I just always loved science, every different course of it. My academic advisor in college laughed when I finished because I literally took every science class there was offered in college.
0: <laughs> well, there are people meant for this job, and it sounds like you're certainly one of them. So let's kind of look outside of work here. What do you enjoy doing?
1: I Have a love of traveling. I was lucky enough to start traveling when I was young. My parents or my uncle lived in Germany when I was 12, and my brother and I were able to go spend a summer over there traveling and exploring when I was young. And then when I was 18, I lived in Mexico for a summer. And in college, I did study abroad over in Spain for six months. And then my travel love has just continued since then. I've been able to, most recently, I went to Thailand and was able to explore over there. And I just, anywhere and everywhere, I just love to see the culture and see new places.
0: What has been your favorite as far as cuisine that you've traveled?
1: So Thailand, probably Thai food, especially from there. It was really interesting because I have a lot of food allergies. And so traveling and the cuisine isn't always the easiest thing. And it was so it was so cool over there. The chefs would actually come out and like make up recipes with us for the two. Of, I had traveled with another girl who had celiac disease. And so they were just able to come up and just have such good food and just fresh things. So Thailand definitely was top.
0: Awesome. How'd you uh, fare with the, the heat of Thai food?
1: Good, good. Yes. I, okay. My stomach, not always so much, but <laughs> my kids loved it.
0: Yeah. I, I took a trip with my wife in between college and, and real world, real world, real life. And there was something that on a menu that was said it was moderate, Spicy, and it took about an hour and a half to eat it. And it was just a, a bowl of curry, it was pretty silly because you, know, you know Thai servings are probably 20% of what American servings yeah. are. And so, oh man, it was so hot! It was just that I took a bite, had to wait about five minutes to take another one, but but it was so yeah. good, I had to keep eating it.
1: We would have the chefs look at us when we'd say spicy, and they'd be like, <laughs> American spicy, okay,
0: we'll yeah, awesome. What's the next travel plan once once COVID? subsides a bit and time frees up what do you have your eyes set on
1: i really want to go back over to asia i mean there's several places over there that i'd like to see cambodia or even go over to the maldives i've also really wanted to go to morocco and travel around there and even though i lived in spain i never really visited southern spain so i really want to do morocco southern spain trip
0: awesome Well, let's hope that's soon. So diving back into healthcare medicine space, what do you like most about practicing medicine?
1: You know, I know that this is what majority of people say, but I really enjoy working with people and especially getting into family practice away from hospital medicine where I where my nursing career was, just working with people of all ages, families, really meeting people where they're at in their health journey. And I focus a lot on education and health education and just people really understanding not only what's going on with their body in a disease process, but ways that they can help transform their lifestyle to really optimize their health. And so just being engaged with people and working with them in any and all ages.
0: That's awesome. I think there's a lot to explore in the care of people. And I think a lot, a lot of times you hear this, well, patients just want a quick fix and they want to move on. And I think that's not necessarily true. You know, I think there's just not enough time always to sit down and, and engage and have the patient be more involved with their plan for care. What's your perception of the involvement engagement? Is it across the board or, or do you have to fight to get that or what, what's your experience?
1: It's a little bit across the board, but I do find when people are coming in kind of for that quick fix, it's sometimes because something is bothering them so much or has been bothering it, them for so long. That, you know, they just want to feel better. And so sometimes it is a little bit of a quick fix to start, but then starting that education process and saying, okay, well, we've, you know, we helped this, but that's not really the underlying issue that we have going on. And so sometimes it's working with people to start out kind of quick and what we can do to kind of get symptoms or something subsided, but then keep on, keep on working over time to then get more engaged and more preventative and backing off of, say, a medication or a therapy to get the underlying cause worked through.
0: Hopefully, you look down the next couple of years and hopefully we, we live in a world where primary care is, is such that you get paid to keep your patients out of the clinic. You know, hopefully we can get there. And certainly that pushes a lot more on education and, and the preventative stuff. Hoping that, that we move towards into that process. It's really about building trust. And I think yeah. that sheds light on the lack of trust that the healthcare industry has created, you know, yeah. saying, hey, you know, you do all these things, you're going to feel good, or at least, you know, society and culture, eat this, eat that, and and you, you'll be fine. And uh, people do. And, you know, I think that there's a lack of confidence and trust you know, who, who you can listen to.
1: Yeah. And people just want to be listened to. And it's often that you know, they have tried something, but maybe not long enough or not in, in with another, you know, modality or another thing to actually make the difference to where they start to feel better, you know, or it happens for a short period of time. But again, the underlying cause never was addressed. So the symptoms just come back. And really when patients I notice when patients get engaged, they start to see progress and they understand what is going on. They're more willing to take the time and go through the process if they're engaged and they feel listened to.
0: Absolutely. And there's frustration. I think there's a lot of frustration sometimes just with with providers and patients. And at the end of the day, I think that you have to go on believing that most everyone doesn't want to feel bad. It's not the natural tendency. So there's something in the way. If you discover what that is, then all of a sudden, yeah, both sides are are working towards the same goal, which is exciting. For sure. Looking at healthcare and that gigantic thing that it is, what do you see as the biggest opportunity for improvement?
1: I think you mentioned it a minute ago is just developing more a focus on prevention and how do we engage people and focus on preventative medicine versus reactive medicine, where we're trying to fix a problem versus prevent or, or treat something underlying going on, that there's such a drive to react to problems and to fix problems, but not really looking at how so many underlying things like stress or lack of lifestyle changes or those type of things, how those affect, you know, someone's health. So just how does our industry work towards going more? Preventive, and I think that it is talked about a lot, but just actually getting it going.
0: Yeah, and, and there's been a lot in the last ten years. There is some momentum, but but just not enough. And what a gigantic endeavor that is, because there's so many different facets, and there's so many contradictions that to be healthy, that maybe the American food system needs to change dramatically, and all these other things. But it really just starts with how can we as human beings begin to just say, "Hey, I want to feel better." And me doing this makes me feel better than me doing that. And then, you know, all of a sudden, I think that we'll make some progress. That's really where my mind is lately of. You can, sure, you can run a bunch of tests and this and things. But when you're talking about preventative and talking about just aiming for health, the more you can listen to your body, the better off you're going to be because it's going to tell you what's right and what's not for the most part.
1: Yeah, and being able to spend time educating and talking through that And what it means to listen to your body and that eating a certain way isn't just about lowering cholesterol. It's about how do we get the nutrition that the body needs and how do you absorb it? And how do you work through baseline deficiencies? And, you know, really, how do you listen to your body and how do you know what's really going on? that we need some help, you know, to do that. And so how do we in medicine provide that education for patients?
0: Yeah, how to incentivize Mm -hmm. the providers, you guys, to do that. And and that's where the the biggest roadblock is right now is that, you know, there's really isn't any incentive for payers to look at the long, long view, because why should they pay for things that ultimately they might not have to pay for later because they might be a patient of, of someone else? Yeah, it's it's certainly a, something to strive for. And, and honestly, you know, the, the complexity and the challenges is really what draws me into healthcare because yeah. there are there's just so much opportunity faced with so many uh, complex relationships, and it's exciting because I think we're we're in that time of change
1: for sure. And I think patients are really driving for it as well. It's not just healthcare trying to change; it's patients looking for that and requesting that that is helping it go forward as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What's your perception, or, or what's what's your maybe not perception's right word, but how do you feel if a patient comes in and says, "Hey, this is what's going on, and, and this is what I think because I've you know I've done some research." How do you feel about that situation?
1: Doctor Google has its positives and negatives. Sure, sure. Um, I think that patients need to be informed, and it's just how do we get them correct information or usable information. So most of the time, it's have to spend a lot of time to talk through that. But in a way, I like that patients are engaged and wanting to look and kind of bring up symptoms that they might not have thought of. So I think, in a way, it helps. But I think that there is a lot of dangerous information out there, and it's hard for people who don't have a background to really sift through it. So if it is them evaluating and kind of just trying to figure out what's going on and bringing questions up, I like it. But it just is difficult in some very not appropriate information out there.
0: Yeah, I could see that. You think someone comes in and says, hey, I've tried to figure this out. I've done this and that. Help me work through that information so that we can come to a plan together rather than you're wrong. I read this. And it said that, right? Which is, then why are you here seeking my advice? There's not a whole lot we can do together.
1: Yeah. So if, you know, I think that health information being out there and patients actively being a part of their healthcare is very important, but it's just, yeah, how do we decipher through all of the vast information out there that isn't necessarily telling the whole picture?
0: Totally. Yeah. That's the problem to solve for our current world all around. So certainly a lot of work to do there. So let's end this section here this episode with you describing your ideal patient.
1: My ideal patient is someone who is engaged with their healthcare that really wants to come in and figure out what's going on underneath to find that that ideal health, you know, situation for them. Just the importance of being engaged and involved and wanting to look at alternatives besides medications, you know, what lifestyle changes are able to be changed, what's nutrition, activity, sleep, you know, all of those different components to really know how that impacts the whole picture of their health.
0: Well, that sounds like me. And I'm sure it sounds like a lot of the listeners out there. And Kara, you know, that was really great. And and I know our listeners will get a lot of value from it. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning into the MedMan podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at MedMan.com.